Welcome to episode four of the Redeemer Radio 95.7 Sports Summer Series. I'm Redeemer Radio Sports Director Angel DiCarlo. Jacob Morris, our former high school intern, now a junior to be at Syracuse University, joining us as our co-host. And Danielle Watson, Penn High grad, Florida State pitcher, joining us here as well. Danielle, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right, let's get right to the College World Series. Uh, you had a outstanding run to get your team to the college world series, closing things out. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're, you're told you're going to start game one of the college world series. And you have a bunch of pitchers down there. It's not like a traditional school that or traditional softball model, I guess you'd say where there's this obvious number one pitcher. Um, when you were told you're pitching game one of the college world series, what was your reaction? Um, I remember Coach telling us in a pitcher's meeting, and she said, okay, uh, Danielle's going to start, and then she, everyone just kind of paused, and like, for me, I had kind of taken the role of being a closer, a reliever, and I feel like that's something that I was pretty good at, so I had just gotten used to it, and um, I was just hoping for any opportunity I could get, so when she said that, I just kind of like froze, and I didn't really say anything, and everyone just kind of looked at me, and they were like, did you hear her, and I was like, <laughs> I did. And so then I was just trying to not make as big of a deal out of it as, you know, in my brain, I was making a big deal out of it. So obviously any opportunity I got, I knew was going to be really awesome for me. Um, I was super excited, but um, I think I wasn't nervous at all, which was kind of weird for me because typically I'm someone that sometimes I put some pressure on myself and I get kind of nervous. And so I think in that moment, I wasn't nervous because I knew that we had come so far and I knew that everyone was laying everything that they had out on the line every single game. And so I just knew that I had to put my team in the best position that I could. And I knew that everyone, all of our fans and um, the coaches and all my teammates trusted me in that moment. So that was just super reassuring. So, but yeah, I was super excited and um, turns out I did pretty well also. So that didn't go too bad for me, but yeah, I was just really excited. It was just an awesome opportunity for me. And I think, it was one of those moments that as I was transferring and thinking about transferring, it was one of those moments where it was like, oh my gosh, like all of, you know, as hard as transferring was for me and making that decision, it was just like, wow, this is just really paying off for me. This is exactly where I wanted to be. This is the highest level in college softball. Like what an opportunity, what a dream. So yeah, super fun. You mentioned, you know, early on there that you'd taken on a bit of a role as a closer, you know throughout tournament time, throughout the season. And obviously that came to a front against Alabama. You come in, you get the last eight outs. You know, what is the difference in mindset when you talk about coming in to close out a powerhouse like Alabama versus now all of a sudden you turn around and you start game one of the World Series? What's the difference in, my, difference in mindset between those two appearances? So I went in against Alabama. I think we were winning eight to four. So in that situation, it's like at that point, it's where coaches and Coach always tells us, like, let's be pitch to pitch, you know, let's leave the pitch before behind and let's focus on the one right now. And let's not worry about the next batter or the next play or anything like that. So I feel like when I come in to close, it's more of like, a, OK, like, let's get out. And especially in that situation, I had four runs to work with. So I feel like that was a little bit different than starting because when I was starting against Oklahoma, you know, it's the first game of a three game series. It wasn't what anyone was expecting, like you know, usually it would probably be like Kat starting just because she was normally, she was our number one all year. And so 
I feel like it was just a little different. I wanted to really set the tone in that Oklahoma game and just kind of put my team on like a note of I'm here to battle. Like, I hope y'all are too. And let's just fight for every pitch that we have. So I feel like that's a little bit of the difference. Uh oh, the y'all's coming out. I I've been jo- I was joking with Danielle before we started the interview that she's starting to get that southern accent and it, it's coming out a little bit with the y'all. Uh, hey, so let's talk about then the actual performance in game one. Did you when you're when you're out there in the circle and things are going well out of the gate, are are you feeling that and you're like, okay, I got this. We're we're in, we're in pretty good position. I'm feeling it. Take us through that mindset, I guess. Um, in a, especially in a massive game like that of, of things going well. Yeah, I think I was just, everything that coach had told me all year was let's just live pitch to pitch. You know, it doesn't matter about the last pitch that you just threw. I don't care if the last pitch went over the fence, let's get ahead on this next batter and let's get the next batter out. So I feel like it was just, just like that. It was like, I was, I just felt like I was fighting for every single out and on defense too. I mean, I can remember at one point Elizabeth Mason jumped for a ball that was probably 10 feet in the air and barely snagged it. Like, you know, it was just like moments like that where it was like, I'm fighting, but I could see the fight from everyone else. So it was just like everything that I could put into every single pitch just to give my teammates that extra out and just going as far as I could just to be successful and just um, giving my team a chance to stay in the game and score runs and stuff like that. So, yeah. You mentioned, you know, one of the reasons you transferred to Florida State was for the opportunity to, you know, pitch and play in moments like this. Just walk us through how special it was to pitch in front of thousands of people like that, you know, on the biggest stage in college softball, you know, throughout your whole career working to that point to be able to start game one in the College World Series, how special that was. Yeah, I think as a kid, it's something that you dream about. And then when it comes up, it's like, oh, my gosh, is this really happening? And so I feel like... um before I transferred, it was kind of like, you know, am I going to get this moment that I worked for my whole life? And I feel like Florida State was just a perfect fit for me as a person, but also as a player. And it was going to allow me to not only grow as a person, but also as a player. And I think just getting that opportunity to even be in the World Series was something that I was going to get at Florida State. And so I think that's just, I kind of forgot what you asked to begin with. But I'll just go on with what I was saying, but um. I think just like that opportunity and just, I feel like I remember when I was 10 years old, just watching the world series and someone that I've always looked up to was Danielle Laurie. She went to um, the university of Washington. She won the national championship in 2009. She actually just finished her Olympic career yesterday. So super cool. But um, I remember watching her and just being like, Oh my gosh, I want to be just like her. So being that person, um, hopefully for kids around the U S is kind of cool. Obviously, game three then did not go as well as you would have liked as the turning point to that. Uh, take us through, I mean, maybe the roller coaster of emotions, uh, the ultimate high of game one winning. And then in game three, you guys coming up just short from winning the College World Series and how difficult that was to have that in just such a short span. You, were guys, you guys were obviously that close to, to being national champions. Yeah, so going into the 10 seed, we really weren't even supposed to be there. We were supposed to get beat by LSU. So I think taking down LSU just kind of sent us to OKC kind of on a high, and especially with the rivalry between FSU softball and LSU softball, you always know that you're going to get a great game. And obviously in OKC, there are no bad games played. There's no bad teams. There's no bad players. Even the players sitting on the bench are great people, great players. 
So I feel like just being in that moment and getting there was just like crazy. And so I feel like after we lost the first game, it was kind of like, oh, like darn. And you kind of take that day off and just kind of go through all of the things that kind of brought you through the season. And then I think we just got on a roll, got on a roll. And after we beat Alabama, we got kind of on another high, like we did at LSU and then rolled through the first game, we're successful, went to the second game. Second game didn't go our way. And um, I think when you look at it, we won like the 12, the first 12 of 14 innings. So they actually won the game in the, in the sixth and the seventh in that second game. So we were even close then. And then I think going to, into the third game, Coach O was like, I've got to give you the start. I think you're our best bet, you know, you've been seen the least and you were the most successful against them last time. And so just the emotion of giving my team everything I had, but also knowing that I had teammates that it was their last game ever. So that was obviously like extremely emotional. And then um, just going into the game, so excited and everything like that. And then losing, it was very hard. And so I think um, I took it very hard just because I love softball and stuff like that. But it was just like, you're not as, I wasn't as upset about losing the game as I was about losing like the teammates that aren't coming back and the ones that were graduating. So um, the emotions were really tough. And I feel like even still, it's like, so kind of chokes me up a little bit just cause it was just so quick, but it was so many emotions in one week, but it was definitely an awesome experience. Obviously, you know, losing the College World Series, like you said, is is as tough as it gets, but putting a positive spin on that with so many people coming back, so many players coming back, you know, how were you guys able to look at a run, like you said, that was improbable in a lot of ways as the 10th seed making it all the way there? And how were you able, post the loss in the College World Series, able to put a positive spin on it as you move towards, you know, next season, hopefully getting right back to OKC? Um, we didn't take our second place as a negative, you know, getting there is a great accomplishment, even if we would have went to and out in OKC, what an accomplishment and how far we all came as people and as players this year. But I think um, having the experience of OKC this year and just kind of learning, you know, like who the team leaders are, who's going to step up for us in a big moment and things like that. And so I feel like this year only made us stronger for next year. We lose a lot of experience and a lot of leadership, but I feel like um, all of the experience that we took. Um, we lost five seniors, but I think there were a lot of young people that played as well. So I think that um, Kat and I, we both have like a ton of experience now, me heading into my fifth year, her into her fourth, and so many other players like Mudge, Kaylee Mudge, who didn't even play like half the games and during the season and then just stepping up. So just people like that who are going to really step up for us this year and just um, – be awesome for us. I think OKC did a lot of that for us, just finding who those people were and where we can pull leadership from. What are your expectations now for yourself individually heading into next year in terms of, as we mentioned at the beginning, normally programs have the ace, the number one, and they do, they pitch most of the time. You guys have been by committee. What are your expectations of what that role will be for you next year? Me and Kat are really good friends, but we push each other as well, both like we were both voted the most competitive people on the team. So <laughs> I think that we push each other, but I know that at the end of the day, when I'm on the mound, she's all for me. And when she's on the mound, I'm all about her. And so 
I mean, I think um, one of the older girls, she's an alum now at FSU. She had this quote that she always told people and it was like, the number one pitcher is always the one who's on the mound that day at that moment. So I feel like we kind of stuck to that saying and that is so true because if you're not all out there for your team, then all out there for someone even in your same position, then you're not all there for the team and stuff like that. So I feel like as much as it is a competition, we're just such good friends that we are able to put that aside because we know that us pushing each other constantly is what's going to make the team better in the long run. Continuing the trend of looking towards next season, obviously you're in a unique position coming in with, you know, playing multiple years of college softball, but it being your first season playing in Tallahassee, how are you looking to improve as say a leader as you move into your second season playing and pitching for Florida state? Yeah, I think, um, I now have the most experience um, on the field other than Sid. And I think there's another girl that's transferring in. So I feel like I have the most experience in the sport in college. So I feel like I can just use my experience, but also um, like in OKC, I wasn't probably expected to start that first game and definitely not a whole lot was probably expected of me, but I think that I just really proved myself and proved to, you know, my team that I was there for them and, when my number was called that I was there and I was ready for whatever they needed me to do. So I feel like just stepping up in situations like that and um, hopefully getting a little bit more time on the mound. But I think that above anything like that, I think just trying to be a good leader and showing people, you know, I feel like there's a really long span of really awesome culture created at Florida State. And I think that that's what a lot of um, alums would say about you know, their time at Florida State, it's the culture. It wasn't exactly the wins and the losses. I think that comes along with great culture. And so I think just trying to continue the culture of Florida State and just loving my teammates and just being just trying to be a good advocate for the sport and everyone trying to grow up into it. You touched on transferring from Louisville to Florida State earlier, but take us back to that decision and what went into the process of you deciding you wanted to move on to from Louisville wanted to explore other options and then how Florida state ended up being the final choice. Um, Florida state was actually always my dream school. And um, for no like real reason, I love Jessica Burroughs. I love Lacey Waldrop. And I thought that coach O was just the most awesome person in the world. Um, I thought it was really cool how they had this New Zealand guy that was their assistant coach who is T will now who's still there, but um, I remember I would email them when I was getting recruited and I'd be like, hey, like I'm playing on this field here um, back when you could get recruited at like 13. And I remember he showed up. I don't even we still to this day, we still laugh about it, but he walked up and I don't know if he was coming to watch me or he saw my email and he actually came to see me or if he was watching someone else. But um, I actually was thrown. I actually threw the worst game probably of my whole summer when he showed up. And I remember him walking away and I was on the mound as he was walking away from the field. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I will never play at Florida State, blah, blah, blah. So then I obviously moved on to my recruiting process. But um, going back to your question, um, Florida State was my dream school. Um, kind of looked around at my career at Louisville and it wasn't really something that I saw was, was trending in a um, direction that I really wanted to. Didn't feel like I was growing as the person or the player that I really wanted to. So just kind of going back to the culture at Florida State, I knew that there was a culture that I wanted to be a part of and whether I came out of there a two-time uh, Women's College World Series champion or anything like that, whether I came out on top in on both years or 
whether I didn't make a single tournament, I knew that I was going to leave there a better person. So I feel like that's what really took me, uh, took me to Florida State. But I think um, going back, looking back, I don't think I would have done it any different. I definitely don't regret going to Louisville. All of the people that I met there were awesome. I had a great experience, but I just think that I had more left in the tank. And I think Florida State had exactly what I needed. You know, usually when, you know, people enter, players enter their name into the transfer portal, oftentimes it's about teams and coaches contacting them. I read somewhere that you actually wrote a letter to the Florida State coaching staff. Can you walk us through that process, what that looked like and how that might have ultimately led to you ending up in Tallahassee? Yeah, so teams were reaching out to me and I was checking my email like crazy, you know, like you just throw your email and your phone number out there and anyone who gets that who is on the portal who is a coach can text you email you call you and so I'm getting all these calls and I'm kind of getting some of these Florida calls and I'm like answering every Florida call hoping it's like um, Coacha or it's T-Will or someone from Florida State and it just wasn't and it had been like three days and I was in contact with some other coaches but in the back of my mind, I was just like, when is Florida State going to reach out? Um, when are they going to come get me? It's a, I know that they know who I am. Like, I, I just want to be good enough for them. Like, I just want to place in the team. And I was talking to my dad about it. My dad was like, what is your dream school? Like, where is the ideal place that you would want to be? And I was like, Florida State, like, of course. And so he was like, well, there's no rule against you reaching out to them. And I was like, you're lying. And so... We have a friend who is a college coach and I was like, I, and so I asked just to make sure I checked with multiple people. I was like, I'm allowed to email coaches. They can't only reach out to me. And they're like, yeah. So somewhere on the internet, I found coaches email and I sent her an email at about 2 a.m. And um, so then I woke up and I went to bed and I remember clicking send and my dad was like, well, here's your chance. Like, you know, the answer is always no until you ask. And so woke up the next morning and I had an email from coach and she was like we're playing against the USSA pride today in a fall game like let's talk soon send me some times that you can talk and then I got also a text message from T Will that was like um let's talk soon whatever and I just remember I was just bawling I was like mom they they reached back out and it was just so crazy I can still remember it but yeah so I wrote them which is untraditional but I would do it a million times over again and I'm so glad that my dad talked me into it because I was a little nervous, but so glad that I was able to do that. And just happens that I went on a visit. I loved it. And they thought that I was a great fit. And here we are. So, yeah. So there you go, kids. If you want to get to your dreams, sometimes you can't just uh, expect to come to you. You got to you got to reach out and grab them. Right. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. that's a crazy to think that way. What was their reaction? Um when you eventually talked to them about it, what was their reaction to you reaching out to them? Coach is really big on, um, you know, if you invest in them and you love Florida State and you love Florida State softball, um, they like are gonna, you know, probably be more apt to respond. So if there's someone who's just not really paying attention to them, you know, like you want someone who's gonna really invest in your program and I, kind of showed them that I was already pretty invested in their program, <laughs> even being at a rival ACC school. And so I feel like that was kind of a like good thing to them. And so I think maybe that swayed their decision of, you know, offering me, but um, yeah, I just think that 
I showed my interest. And so they were like, wow, like this kid really shows that she wants to be here and, you know, we want her here. So, yeah. You mentioned when talking about waiting for them to reach out to you that they knew you. Um, you know, looking through your 2019 stat line, you had a pretty dang good game against Florida State. Complete game, one hit. You guys get the win. You guys end up actually beating Florida State in that series. I think it was their first ACC series loss in 52 straight or something like that. Have you joked at all? Have you talked about how good of a performance you put up against them? Do you think that factored in at all to them eventually offering you? Um, Maybe a little bit, but I think um... – I think I fit in pretty good with the girls. You know, I love my teammates. Like I would do anything for all of them. So I feel like as much as they thought that I was a good player, I feel like they maybe saw that, you know, I would gel well with the girls, but it's always an ongoing joke with T-Will. He's like the jokester of the team, like me and him, like really vibe well together. And so he's always joking about it. And I don't know, y'all, I don't know if you can see on like any replays or anything, but Sydney Cheryl actually hit a, um, like a go ahead grand slam off of me. And so, sorry. And so every time um, there's like bases loaded and she's about to come up, I'm like, hey, you still owe me one. And so it's just like kind of stuff like that, but nothing too serious. You know, it's just a game at the end of the day, but yeah, definitely something cool to just talk about sometimes. Well, one follow-up, did you put it in the letter? Did I what? Did you put it in the letter that you had? Oh yeah, remember I I I'm the one that beat you last year. Or did you like they, they know I don't need to put this in there? No, I didn't. I just kind of shared that you know I wanted to be there and that was my dream school and I had always wanted to be there. I did show the I did talk about how T Will walked away from the field that I was pitching at because okay, I was okay. absolutely atrocious. I did talk about that. <laughs> so um, maybe that was like the hook that really got him. But I don't know. I didn't really talk about that. I feel like they probably remembered me a little bit, but. All right, let's go to those earlier years a little bit. And, and just starting out, when did softball, when did you realize you were good at softball? When did it all get going for you? Um, well, I think I had started playing when I was about three. I think my mom put me in about every sport that was available in the area. I tried soccer, we were actually talking earlier um, about how I got kicked out of ballet like twice. I wasn't <laughs> good at dance. I used to just lay on the mats at gymnastics. I wasn't really good at anything. And so I had to find some contact sports. And so I was decent at soccer, but I was just too rough. Um, played basketball, was always fouling out, fouling out. But I played that until about middle school. I was decent at volleyball, but I feel like softball was always somewhere where um, I kind of have like a good, I had a good um, like, eye for the game at a young age so you know I kind of knew what to do even though I wasn't at shortstop or I was never a shortstop I know kind of what to do so I feel like I kind of had some smarts for the game when I was younger and um, my dad was actually a fast a men's fast pitch pitcher and so I got into pitching um, my dad and my stepdad both worked with me all the time I was like seven playing on my sister's 10U team so I feel like I just always had played up and so I just let it take me as far as I could. And then when I was about four, 13, I switched to a college level um, like recruiting and just kind of went from there. You talked about, you know, being able to be recruited at such a young age in softball. You know, what was that recruiting process like for you, being able to be recruited from such a young age, travel tournaments, all of that? What did that look like in terms of getting recruited from a young age all the way through high school? 
I miss being a ton of school in the fall playing tournaments. And so I know that a lot of coaches now with the rule being changed, there's not many tournaments that are being played in the fall during school, um, like during the school week, it's mostly all on the weekends. And so missed a lot of Thursday, Fridays and stuff like that. Um, I would do it all over again. You know, I, I didn't mind missing a few classes here and there, <laughs> but um, this, I went on quite a few visits pretty young and I think at 13 how do you know what you're gonna want at 18 and so I feel like I saw a lot of even people that I played with that had been committed since they were 13 are either no longer at the school that they're at or they're just not even playing softball anymore because they just realize that that's not um what they want anymore so I feel like but back to your question um yeah I missed a lot of school went on a lot of visits um went to some like big 10 schools, some mid-major schools and Louisville was just my best offer. So that's why I chose Louisville to begin with, but yeah. Let's talk about your days at Penn. Uh, obviously you were a dominant pitcher then. And it's actually interesting because now at this part of your career, you're talking about being in a pitching rotation and whatever. And I kept on bringing up that dominant number one. Well, you were definitely that and at Penn. Um, take us back to that experience and what that was like to play for coach Zachary and to be a Kingsman. As much as I love coach, I would go back and I would play for coach Zach a million times over. I'd play for her every day. I wish if she had a college, I would go coach with her. I just love her. She is just the best person that you will ever meet in your life. Um, I think her trusting me so much on both sides of the play on both sides of the ball, you know, pitching. I pitched almost every game. I hit in usually like the five or the four as I got older. So her just trusting me so much and giving me all the confidence to just succeed. And I think that really helped me in my years at Louisville, being a freshman and starting and um, being, you know, one of the starting pitchers, even as a freshman in the ACC and a power five, I think all the confidence that she gave me and all the experience that she allowed me to have through my four years was really vital for me, even in college. And I know you don't really get recruited from your high school days, um, like in high school leagues and just stuff like that. But I think that the experience that I gained and all the confidence and all of the mental preparation that she gave me was so helpful for me and some stuff I still think back on and I'm like, gosh, she was so right. Like, and it's just things that I'm learning now in college that she used to talk about all the time that I'm like, gosh, I find myself all the time being like, because Jack was right, because Jack was right, because Jack was right. And it's just so cool, even now, like seeing her kids. Um, her oldest daughter was a freshman this year there, so loved watching Aubrey there, and she's even a pitcher there. So she had a lot of success this year, too. And then um, Ava's going to be a freshman this year. So really excited to even watch her kids. But she is just the greatest woman ever and just one of my best friends. <laughs> Playing for Penn, obviously, you know, you played in your fair share of big games, especially during the 2016 season. You know, how far did that go in helping you to build some of that confidence that you talked about so that you could get to the point to where, you know, you said you weren't even nervous stepping into game one of the College World Series or something like that? How far did playing in those big games at Penn go to help building that confidence? Um, I think in 2016, I think if there were any type of bets, I think everyone would have bet that we would have won that state championship game. Um, definitely that game um, just kind of pushed me. Even in college, I still think about that game, just 
thinking about like, what could I have done before that mentally in mental preparation to make myself not so nervous before that state championship game. So I just think about um, just all the preparation that it takes. And I think that even things that I learned in high school are now helping me in college too. And um, putting me in a high prep pressure situation at 16 is then now that when I was 22 and then the OKC um, championship series, like it was kind of the same feeling. It was like, oh my gosh, like this is it, whether we win or lose, you know, whatever. And so um, I think that really helped me and her just trusting me on both sides of the ball, obviously, and just laying it all out there for my teammates and just knowing that in 2016, it was my last chance to play with all the girls that I had grown up with. And I think it was just kind of the same feeling this year when I was playing um, against Oklahoma. Is that the difference then in the mindset between that loss in 16 versus 21 was like, there was an expectation in 16 that you guys were going to win or at least maybe the favorite versus uh, you know, this one, as you mentioned, being the 10 seat coming in, is, is that kind of the difference between the two in terms of like the fallout feeling afterwards? Yeah, I think um, I did not have my best game by any means in that game. I was really nervous. I had an expectation on myself and I feel like if I, if I wouldn't have tried to live up to an expectation, I feel like I would have played a lot better. And I feel like, this year in OKC, there was no expectation. There was just me. And I didn't put I didn't put any, you know, pressure on myself because I knew that whether I did good or bad, I was giving my team absolutely every ounce of effort that I had. And, you know, there was nothing that I could have done in that week to make me more prepared for that game. And so I just knew that all of my, you know, ever since I was like seven, eight until now, that was the preparation that I had and you know I was just going to go give it all that I had but I think it was definitely like more of a mental thing in that state game versus in OKC. When you talk about building up that mental strength to get to the yeah. point to where you can kind of have the mindset of regardless of how this goes I know I'm giving my all to the team was it a switch that immediately happened after that 2016 game or was it something you continued to build during your two years at Louisville? Absolutely not. No, I feel like I, there were even times this season that I went in and um, I know there was a game against Pitt even this year that I went into and I was just not feeling myself, not feeling confident. I felt like I had to completely come in and just shut the game down. And I just felt like I had so many expectations that Kat had done so much for us throughout the year. And she had one, she had just a few games where she wasn't just absolutely perfect. And honestly, like she just killed it this year. And so I knew that that was my opportunity to be like, wow, like Kat has saved me and the team so many times this year. Like this is my chance to really save her and do something for her. And I just put so much pressure on myself. And so I feel like in OKC, I was like, you know what, here's what I have. And it just ended up working out for me. So I feel like that's what I'm going to take into this next year is um, that's actually one of our team mantras. It's called gate. It's give your all to the team every day. And we actually say that. And so it's kind of weird that I keep saying that when I'm talking to you guys, just, just everything that coach has says it every day, we meet every day. And it's just, when you're out there and you're on the field, you're giving everything that you have to the team every day. And so I feel like that's something that I really want to try to live this year. We've talked a lot about next year, but I wanted to ask beyond next year, what, what are your expectations of what the future holds for Danielle Watson after you depart from Florida state? So I graduated my bachelor's degree in the spring, this past spring, and I'm starting my master's degree this fall. 
So I will get my master's degree. Um, I'll graduate with that in 2023, I think. And so um, as far as for me, I feel like I, I right now I do pitching lessons in Tallahassee, but I'm not sure for sure if I want to go into coaching, but I also have school lined up to go to physical therapy school. So I feel like um, that's going to be my next big decision is what I want to do afterwards. Um, obviously, I would love to stay in Tallahassee, but I'm just not really sure right now. But I at least have it narrowed down to two. So I feel like I'm at least ahead of the game kind of and having it narrowed down to two. So but yeah, that's what's next for me. Uh, and then finally, what's your words of advice for maybe some younger kids, whether or not they're Penn kids or Michiana kids in general that are getting into sports? What, what do you want to say to them, Danielle, to let them know of, you know, how they should treat their uh, careers or their lives as, as young adults? I would say to just never um, give up on yourself and never give up on a dream, even though you can't see it right now. You never know when an opportunity could emerge. And um, so, yeah, I feel like, you know, and that's why I feel like I transferred. I thought that I had more in myself. And if you would have asked anyone else around me, they would have been like, oh, are you, are you sure you really want to do that? But I knew in my heart what I could do. And so I would just say, um, you know, if you know that you can do it in your heart, follow that and don't give up on a dream. Oh, yeah, I got one more. Any okay. uh, and any NIL deals on the horizon for Danielle Watson? Not really. No, I'm a barstool athlete, but oh yeah, there you go. I'm a barstool athlete, but as for now, no. But if anyone listening wants to get something sparked up, you let me know. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Thank you, Danielle. Uh, it was great chatting you with you for 30 minutes plus. Uh, congratulations. Uh, on an awesome run here this year and uh, best of luck next year in your uh, graduate season at Florida State. Thanks so much. Thanks, you guys. That's Danielle Watson, Penn High grad, Florida State pitcher joining us here. For Jake Morris, I'm Angel Carlo. This has been episode four of the Redeemer Radio 95.7 Sports Summer Series. <laughs>